You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Hey everybody, I'm Sean Reynolds, the owner of Summer Properties Northwest, Reynolds and Klein Appraisal, and your host coming to you pre-recorded in Wailea, Maui. Decided to take a little pre-coronavirus 2.0 shutdown vacation. I'm in Maui for a few days, but I wanted to get some podcasting done, keep up the rotation of what's going on. What's, what's happening out there? What's going on? Thanks so much for joining me. Let's jump into today's topic. So we're still stuck with these eviction moratoriums. For tenants, that's a good thing. For landlords, not such a good thing. It's been months and months and months where owners of properties, even if they want to sell them, whatever, can't necessarily get tenants out legally. There's a, a rent eviction moratorium. There's no way for landlords to not make payments on a lot of their stuff because it doesn't follow within the provisions of most loans for landlords to have the ability to say, you know what, I'd just like to be able to take a break. I'm making payments on this uh, property because my tenant's not paying. That doesn't really fly. So as we kind of continue moving forward, we're seeing some of this stuff change. And this is a change that I think a lot of people are looking at and are going, okay, this makes sense. And that is Washington consider considers narrowing its eviction moratorium. What does that mean? Well, they're going to start possibly proposing that if you are a tenant and you can't make your payments, you need to provide some sort of proof that you can't make your payments. That to me makes a lot of sense because there's a lot of people out there hurting and I don't want to see those people kicked to the curb either. But I think there's also a percentage of tenants out there who are like, you know what? This is a pretty good time. I can make my payments, but I'm just not gonna. Some of that going on too. And that's what landlord, that's what really works up landlords. But landlords also need to have some kind of control over their own property. You can't just tell an entire segment of the population, all right, you guys are chill not to make your rent. There's got to be some provisions for the other side that makes everything a little bit more even. Let's jump on into it. Under pressure from landlords, the state could ask tenants to prove their financial hardship is due to COVID-19. And this is an article that I found in Crosscut, basically handles local politics. Shakira Wilford hasn't lost her job, but that doesn't mean that she isn't struggling to pay her rent. Were it not for the state's ban on evictions, Wilford, a single mother of three who works at Seattle Public Schools, wonders what else she'd have to give up to balance her books. Heat, groceries, car payments... Now more than eight months into the moratorium, Governor Jay Inslee's office is considering scaling back the reach of that eviction ban. Without any new federal resources on the horizon, and as landlords bend under the pandemic's weight, a work group of landlord and tenant representatives is mulling whether to narrow the eviction pause only to tenants who can show their finances have been hurt as a direct result of the COVID-19 pandemic. So that's where we're at. And I've done podcasts on what does the eviction rate look like once all these moratoriums have been taken off? Is there going to be just a ton of people evicted out on the streets? More homelessness? I know in Seattle, the homeless crisis has literally just gone bonkers because of the COVID. Where do the homeless go? There aren't enough beds. Some of them don't want to go into, into centers. Understandably, those are pretty rough places. But the alternative is, and what we've got now is this homeless encampments popping up in all over Seattle parks, basically just taking over, and those residents not able to use those parks. So we're we're getting on close to closer to a year now, nine months. Nine months is fair. That's a fair number. You got nine months of this going on, and so now we got to come up with some solutions that actually kind of handle this problem. So 
So it's a change that could, the, the landlord tenant thing here, it's a change that could address some landlord's anecdotes of elective non-payers. That's what we're talking about. Elective non-payers. I don't really want to pay my rent. I'm not going to pay my rent. Here's what we're doing. And now the landlords are saying, that is not exactly fair. That's not in the spirit of the law. We need to, we need to narrow this bad boy down a little bit. And those are who the landlord believes the elective non-payers are those who the landlord believes can pay, but are choosing not to. The adjustment also bring Washington's moratorium more in line with other West Coast states, as well as the federal one from the Centers for CDC, uh, CDC and Prevention. It's a handful to say. But with coronavirus is spiking again and federal relief stalled in Washington, D.C., the proposed change in Washington state is getting pushback from tenant advocates and some legislators who are not convinced willful non-payment is a widespread problem and doubt requiring proof of hardship could be administered easily or would solve the larger problem. They worry that eligible or vulnerable tenants like Wilford could slip through the net. Well... What I have to say about that is if you put one policy in place and it isn't totally fair to both sides, you got to figure out that other side. You got to figure out something that's fair for landlords. I'm a real estate guy. This is just what happens. It sucks if you can't pay your rent. You need to figure out some solutions. All right. If you can't pay your rent and you can prove it, great. How do we do that? I don't know. That's for the politicians to find out, figure out, right? All right. John Flanagan, a policy advisor to Inslee, acknowledged there is no easy answer. No matter what, we're in a very difficult position in terms of how the current moratorium or changes to the moratorium pass out, he said. Pans out. <laughs> Doesn't pass out. Although some people are going to pass out if they have more restrictions and nonsense. Few argue that the eviction moratorium is a sustainable solution to the coronavirus's economic devastation. It has likely prevented thousands from losing their homes in the short term, but leaves unanswered the question of what comes next. And with each month that passes, property owners have more bills they can't pay and tenant debt grows. So all, all we're doing here is just basically kicking the can down the road to a point at which, all right, we fully open up the economy. We've got everybody back to work. We've got a vaccine. Economy's moving along. How about these tenants who've got thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of back pay or back rent that they owe. And these landlords have already made the payments to their mortgage holders. They've done their thing. What are the tenants going to do? Are they miraculously going to come up with all this money? I don't think so. So I think you are going to have, you're going to have some tough times in the uh, tenant eviction process. And so that's why the, all these uh, tenant groups and the landlords, rightfully so, really concerned about what's going on. The scope of the issue is enormous. At the end of October, more than 500,000 renters in Washington were using credit cards or short-term loans to meet their basic spending needs, according to the U.S. Census Bureau's Household Pulse Survey, an increase of about 100,000 from the month before. So that's up 20%. So we're at that point in having all these shutdowns and people out of work. And I know the numbers have gone back up, but how much of that is just kind of statistics that are just monkeyed and, and rigged for the time being? And then, oh, we'll have a correction later. Probably a bunch. But the situation is not good. And if you're a landlord, it is especially not good because you haven't had some tenants pay for a long, long time. And you're looking for a little bit of relief from your government. 
and that is that's a rightful thing. More than 150,000 renters reported no confidence they could pay the following month's rent, an increase of about 30,000. In total, 63,000 tenants were occupying their homes without paying rent. It's a lot of folks. And that's just based on the survey. For landlords, the collective impact could be crippling as well as contingency funds run dry after months of limping by. What may have been once a single month or two of late rent has for some turned into many more than that. And that's what I'm kind of looking at going, oh, right. It's okay that we've got this in place now, but down the road, what does that look like? You are a tenant. You've been out of work. You don't have a job. You're in an industry that has basically shrunk or has does not have employment for you at the moment due to coronavirus. Are you magically going to get that job back and make a just a big pile of money that you can hand over to your landlord? No. We're just basically saving this saving this crisis for later. We're kind of putting it on the back burner until we can figure out what to do. The solution is more renter relief funds, say people on both sides of the moratorium. But with Congress in a stalemate and Washington's legislature not in session, money is in short supply. The state dedicated $100 million for aid over the summer, but Flanagan said the state likely needs that much every month to fully address the problem. Without extra resources, the question is whether narrowing the moratorium will make enough of a difference that it's worth the risk to tenants to not pay. Proving hardship. Wilford is concerned about what would happen if she needed to prove that her financial hardships were COVID-related. At first glance, not much has changed for her. She still has the same full-time work she did before the virus arrived. But a closer look reveals her bills are all higher. Her three children, stuck at home for remote schooling, are eating more. Their lights and heat are on all the time now. And she needs to drive her children around more, adding to her gas expenses. On the one side, I still have my full-time job, she said. But on the other side, I've got to support my home, keep the lights on, keep the heat on, keep groceries in the house. As a result, she said, the rent's taking the back burner. She's about $6,000 in the hole on rent, she said. When Inslee first announced a ban on evictions last February, Washington and the country still believed the pandemic would require a short-term economic shutdown. Unlike in other West Coast states, Washington's moratorium was written under the assumption that the downturn would be so vast that it was not worth attempting to draw distinctions between normal hardship and pandemic hardship. But by early this past summer, any hope that the pain would subside quickly vanished. Amid fears that rolling back the moratorium would lead to a spike in homelessness, the governor extended the ban and paused rent increases. But with its first case of caveats, landlords intending to sell or move their rental properties could evict tenants. So we've got that. But if your tenant hasn't paid for a long time and you are trying to go through the process of getting them out, good luck with that. Nothing's happening during the run-up. There's, there's nothing happening quickly. And um, fortunately, if you are looking at selling a property, you have got the right market because with interest rates as low as they are and such little inventory out there, I've been working with some of my brokers in the summer properties northwest side and there's hardly anything out there as far as rental properties, especially a two to three plex, a, a duplex, triplex or fourplex, none of that out there. And the stuff that is, is just junk because it's way overpriced. And um, in Washington state doesn't have a lot of multifamily anyway, two to four to uh, two to four family properties. Just we never built that. We never had the, the infrastructure of a lot of um, multifamily housing like that. So if you if you're a landlord and you've got one and you get those tenants out, if that's your problem, it's a great time to sell. 
But that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about the moratorium kind of getting narrowed down. All right, can you make the payment? Can you not? Is it due to coronavirus? Can you prove it? And I agree. That's going to be that's going to be a tough thing to do is prove. All right. So your other expenses went up, just like this situation I, I just read. Your other expenses went up. Can you make this payment or not? I think for a lot of tenants, it's going to be pretty clear. All right, can't make the payments. Go through the good try effort of proving that you can't make the payments. That's all you can do. But then I think the the um, tenant groups are going to say, all right, but how many landlords are just going to say, you can pay anyway, get out probably have some of that as well. There's no good answer to this. That's the bottom line. There's no good answer. People are going to get kicked out on the streets and landlords are going to have tenants who could pay that aren't paying. Even that caveat though, exposed the immediate consequences of walking back the moratorium during a deep recession and offered glimpses into how vulnerable some tenants are. Since the change, there have been 42 evictions in King County in which owners said they wanted to sell or move their rental, according to a tally kept by the Housing Justice Project. At the same time, the extension sent landlords clamoring to fully repeal or at least roll back more of the moratorium, saying it would push many out of business. One group filed a lawsuit against Washington last summer seeking to roll back the moratorium. And I've read, read through that um, lawsuit and I've got some pretty valid claims. Some guys I know in there that are behind that, they're, they're big time landlords. That's This is their business. And right now they're being told they cannot collect rent on their business. We need to end it, said state uh, Republican Andrew Barkas from Chehalis, who also owns a property management company. Responding in part to that landlord pressure, Inslee announced last month that he would extend the moratorium until the end of the year, December 31st, I think, when it goes through currently, but also convene a work group to discuss whether the moratorium scope could or should be narrowed. Flanagan of Inslee's office said the modest improvements to the economy, combined with the lack of resources, spurred the office into considering tying the eviction ban more directly to COVID-19. Prove that you can't pay. I think that's fair. The work group continues to meet, but then again, how are you going to do that? How, how are you going to get all that that kind of stuff done? You're going to get people in place, you get people trained, and oh, you can afford the rent, you can't afford the rent, kick that guy out, don't kick that guy out. The brutal situation. The work group continues to meet and no final decisions have been made. How the state could neatly tie the moratorium to COVID hardship is still unclear. Reaching tenants and working through them through the right paperwork present a major logistical challenge. Yep, but you got to do something. You can't just have tenants not paying forever. That's not going to work. And the faster we get a system in place to kind of handle this, the better off everybody is because this is all tied together. I talk a lot about a stuff about a lot of stuff that people don't think, hey, that's not real estate related. Most of it is. It's just you don't see a direct correlation. So and but landlords and tenants, that's that's real estate. So that's why we're talking about this, right? And thanks for joining in. Thanks for being here. I'm doing my best to get some podcasts out while I'm here on Maui doing the quick vacation before I go back to no Thanksgiving, no Christmas, no New Year's. That's not going to be that bad, but I do think that non-essential travel um, is going to be recommended to limit it or eliminate it, and uh, so that's why I kind of jumped over here for a quick trip to Hawaii, and that's why you're seeing me in a weird podcasting setup that I set up all by myself. Very proud of that. If the audio sucks, if the video sucks, you have one guy to blame, and that's the guy you're watching right now. So let me know in the comments if you think this sucks. All right, that's just what we do here on YouTube. 
on the podcast. Flanagan said that if the moratorium is narrowed, it could be in a generalized way. In our case, the proposal we put forward was about a very, very broad affidavit that would say, I have been materially affected in a way that would stop me from paying rent. That is broad. That is broad. You're basically saying, in the future, I will have a situation, or in the past and in the future, I have a situation where I may or may not be able to pay. I've been materially affected. That could be both positive or negative, but it might stop you from paying rent. For Barkus, it's a step in the right direction. You start to weed out the bad actors in a situation, and you help those that truly need help. Progressive opposition. But the proposal has raised eyebrows among progressive legislators and advocates. Beyond the logistical hurdle of contacting tenants and helping them file a declaration, the larger concern is around how many tenants might fall into evictions because their finances were only indirectly hurt by COVID-19. Like the lady we just talked about. She can't really prove it. Got to pay some other bills. Rent is kind of on the back burner. How's that going to work out? Uh, probably not good for either the landlord or the tenant. Undocumented tenants or non-English speakers could be particularly vulnerable. When you try to legislate around moralism or morality, it just becomes very difficult to try to control for unintended consequences, said State Representative uh, Nicole Macri, Democrat from Seattle. Who is deserving and who deserves to be evicted in a global pandemic? When you start to raise those questions, it just becomes far more difficult to come up with policy. All right, but you've already come up with policy that says, one group doesn't pay, other group does pay. You've already got that in place. That's what we're talking about. That's why we're sitting here, right? So you've already come up with one situation where one group pays, one doesn't. Okay, and now we're kind of taking a deeper dive. That's what we're doing. So there's also the question of how much the declaration should actually accomplish, would actually accomplish. State Senator Patty Kuderer, Democrat from Bellevue, said she can't rule out that there might be tenants choosing not to pay, but she said no one has brought her any hard evidence. The real problem here is a lack of resources, she said, so I don't know how a declaration is going to solve the problem of a lack of resources. Well, you've got a lack of resources on the landlord's end, and you already said, hey, you guys still got to pay. You got to figure that out on your own because you're not going to get paid from your tenants. So there's a lack, lack of resources on both sides, as I see it. But one side is kind of they're off the hook, and the other side, ah, you're just you're going to have to figure that out, guys. That is essentially what State of Washington has said to our landlords. You guys need to figure that out, and best of luck to you, and good luck. Still, landlords say they're getting desperate. Landon Glenn rents 47 homes in Yakima. He said tenants in about 30 of those homes are either behind on rent. We're not paying at all, leaving him $90,000 in the hole. He said he's been pulling money from his personal retirement account to get by, but is 50-50 on selling everything and getting out. He's probably got enough equity to um, shut all those bad boys down, move on, say, thank you so much. I'm Rona free and I'm free of all those tenants. Those are, those are decisions the landlords have to make. And so then there goes, what was that? How many homes? How many? Home, 47 rental homes in Yakima. So those go all that those get purchased up by owner occupied people. Probably not going to be turned into rentals. Now you got even less rental housing in your market, Yakima. So that's what's happening. Those are the decisions that landlords have to make and they're, they're going to be making them. 
In his mind, the eviction moratorium is making it harder for him to problem solve with his tenants. Rather than engaging face-to-face -face conversations to plan out what sort of assistance they might find, he said tenants are unwilling to work with him. Yeah, they got a moratorium. We don't have to pay. We don't need to. I'll just pay on the other end, something like that. If someone has an attitude of, I don't have to work with you, I can do whatever I want as far as paying rent or not paying rent, that's where things become more challenging because they won't even open the door, he said. At the same time, he acknowledges that parsing through the reasons the tenant is not paying is thorny. It's so hard to know the depths of people's finances and who physically can or can't, he said. Trying to figure that out. I would not want to be a judge or what kind of arbitrator deciding, all right, yeah, you can pay. Nope, you can't pay. Difficult job. But that's what judges and arbitrators, that's what they get paid for, figuring stuff out, making it as fair as they can, and rolling with it. Wilford, meanwhile, tries not to let her children see that she's struggling. She said she's a prideful person and as a single mother who has always worked hard to support herself and her family, but the pandemic has created so much uncertainty and put up so many barriers that now she's doubting she was ever as stable as she believed in the first place. Self-doubt, that is a difficult thing. It's like, am I going to make it? Am I going to get out of this one? Is this the one that takes me down? I mean, what a horrible feeling. So those are not the people that I want to see booted out on the street. Those aren't the people that, I mean, there should be, there should be, uh, rent help. A hundred million, need a hundred million a month. All right. So if the government's going to shut everything down, they need to be pouring some money into these problems that are obviously very clear. Get this stuff on the road to recovery, but I'm just not seeing that happen. The eviction moratorium has given her some breathing room, she said, but she knows it will end knowing that that keeps her from sleeping at night or ever truly exhaling. If the worst happens, she believes that she could ask family for help with somewhere to stay, but she tries not to let her mind go there. I've always been told as a black woman, pull up your bootstraps, make it work, figure it out, she said. I thought I figured it out, but I was five steps forward, and now I'm ten steps back. Yeah, that's a really good explanation for what's going on. People that were struggling, that were just kind of hanging on during the, the beginning of the pandemic, are now faced with extra expenses, extra responsibilities, maybe less work, less income. And those are the people that legit can't pay their rent. But there's also that segment who's just like, yeah, just, just don't want to pay my rent. I think I got to get out a pay rent free card and I'm going to use it. I'm going to take it. So no easy solution here. And do I think this will, do I think something will happen here? Something's got to happen here because you can't have this moratorium going on forever. So I'm recording this podcast mid November. We've got another month and a half for landlords to get through before they can start evicting, evicting people. But I don't see uh, the governor of our state with as many cases as we have increasing in the state of Washington. I don't see the mor moratorium eviction being lifted on January 1st. I mean, Happy New Year, people. You got to start going. You got to start going somewhere else. I don't see that happening. I think with the cases rising the way they are and the way that the uh, just just people's opinion in, in general on how things are, they're going to get worse before they get better. So I don't think there is any way that our governor in our state is going to lift the eviction moratorium. I think he extends it out six more months. And so that's why it's so important for landlords to get stuff like this probably in place, at least get a little bit more handle on who can pay and who can't pay. Because this whole thing of one group, yep, 
just you guys are covered and the other group the landlords you guys are on your own that is not that's not an equitable situation i don't care who you are that's just not fair but a lot of people disagree with me but they disagree with me on a lot of stuff and i keep talking and people keep watching and listening and that's what i'm doing so these are my opinions i approach things from a business standpoint but i also don't want to people get see people get screwed i don't want to see people go out on the sidewalk but Figuring out a happy medium where both sides have an equitable situation, I don't know. I think this could be a step in the right direction, making people prove that they can't pay. But how are you going to do that? I guess we'll have to find out and see. So thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. I'm done on this one. Let me know what you guys think in the comments on YouTube. And for those of you who have downloaded on the podcast platform, thank you so much. I'm trying to get out at least a couple of podcasts a day, sometimes more. Hopefully not less. Thanks again for tuning in. Thanks again for supporting. I'll catch you guys in the next one. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.